guys. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So today I have a special guest on the show to talk about the progressive wokeification infiltrating our sports. This is something that has been, you know, becoming more of a thing. It's become more prevalent since the NFL national anthem kneeling fiasco a few years ago. So I just think we need to discuss it. And who better to discuss this with than John Root, who is a Turning Point USA contributor. He's also very involved in the sports world. And so I thought it would be a good idea to talk to him about all of this stuff that's going on in the sports world world. So first, John, can you just introduce yourself to my audience? Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So once again, I'm John Root, uh, super blessed to work at Turning Point USA. Uh, and I was working in sports media for years before I joined Turning Point. Obviously, a lot of us know if we start talking about conservative ideals or values. It's kind of a career killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a death sentence in a lot of ways. So yeah. for me, i played football in college and uh i love sports i remember watching the show dream job on espn where it was a reality show where a bunch of broadcasters very very young broadcasters competed to have a spot as an anchor on sports center back when sports center was just about sports <laughs> and it was <laughs> it wasn't ms espn uh, yeah. which Clay Travis coined. I, I think that's such a great line. And then <laughs> I worked for San Jose Sharks, worked for the Golden State Warriors organization, did work with NBC Sports. And then once the pandemic hit, sports industry just got decimated. And just I saw a major influx while of left-wing politics. Because when people say, oh, there's politics in sports, it's not – just politics that are ruining sports it's left-wing identity politics that are ruining sports i feel like we have to identify that specifically and i saw that a lot working in the san francisco bay area and i i got to a point where i was working for uh, an online sports retailer a lot of people have probably seen them uh running team shops or you probably buy your jerseys or your gear online from fanatics and I got canceled from a job with them because, my God, I went to the gym without a mask. Oh, no. <laughs> Arizona, yeah. The, the amount of people that... A crime, John. <laughs> yeah, the amount of people I killed that day <laughs> is probably in, insurmountable. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else worse than that going on in that area, John. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then from there, that's, uh, I, was, I was actually working for Turning Point for about six months undercover. So I, the reason I say undercover is I didn't tell a soul publicly that I worked for Turning Point. Ah. Still had my foot in the door with sports. And then once that happened, I was like, that's my cancel story. Uh, let's let's dive into exposing this woke identity politics in sports that's ruining an outlet that a lot of us really, really held dear. That was the one place we could go to where there was no crap. We could just focus on competition. We could focus on meritocracy. And we could just root for one team and root against another. And that was it. And now I got a show called Breakaway. We expose a lot of the, the woke nonsense in every single sports league. But I know we've definitely been front and center, especially with the transgender issue in women's sports. And it's been a major blessing to be on the front lines of that fight while there's so many amazing women um, that are on the front lines fighting against that stuff and competing. 
Yeah, and that's extremely important. And I just wanted to ask you, I mean, were you in the San Francisco area when the whole, you know, national anthem kneeling fiasco happened? So, yeah. So I was actually in, in the area when that happened, and I was just transition, like, transitioning into uh, moving to the Bay Area because I worked for a minor league baseball team right out of college. For me, I uh, obviously, for a lot of people, that they'll point to that and say, hey, that is when everything shifted. Uh, Clay Travis does a really good job in his book, Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, talking about some other things that were going on before that. Uh, I highly suggest a lot of people looking up Rush Limbaugh talking about Donovan McNabb on NFL Countdown. A lot of people don't know about that. Uh, that Rush Limbaugh, the great Rush Limbaugh, was working for ESPN uh, talking sports. And I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a lot of people don't know that at all. And I, I totally understand where it's like we're in the social media age and what was blowing up. It was Colin Kaepernick. Obviously, that was a major shift and a major, uh, no pun intended, turning point uh, <laughs> for woke politics to find its way into sports. But Rush Limbaugh ended up saying, you know what? I and millions of other people are actually rooting for Donovan McNabb because he's a black quarterback. We haven't seen a lot of black quarterback find, find success at this point in NFL history in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And he actually did not have stats that were just unbelievably better than his backup. Uh, Troy Detmer, I think at the time, someone's going to know who Troy Detmer is. But at that point, there was a lot of people on that same panel that agreed with them. But the next day ESPN came out and said, we're sorry that Rush Limbaugh made a political statement. And uh, from there, they just squashed the whole thing and said, we're sticking to sports. And it's so funny to look at the way ESPN and all these leagues and every like so many athletes like LeBron James, uh, the kind of things that they promote. It's it's wild to see how it's drastically shifted. Yeah. And it really, really has. I didn't know that about rush. That's very interesting. Um, but it has, it has changed a lot. First, I just want to say I have been working closely with turning point USA since college. And I definitely recommend that everybody check out their website, see how you can get involved because they really are doing so much good work in terms of exposing people to free thought ideas and encouraging people to think critically about things and not just to fall in line with the liberal way of thinking and not even to fall in line specifically with their Republican way of thinking to just think for yourself, which is, you know, a crazy concept to a lot of people these days. Um, but yeah, the whole sports world is getting absolutely crazy. I just remember when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing happened and it was just this whole big thing. And that was the moment for me where I was like, okay. Uh, and to be honest, I was, I, I had mixed feelings when this happened because I was like, you know, he should have a right to voice his opinions about things. Even if I don't agree with them, I am of the mindset that you have every right in America to just to um, be disrespectful, I guess, to the national anthem and the flag if you want to be just because that is, you know, why the soldiers went to go die for you in the first place to have that right not to do it, but to have the right. And so I was very conflicted when it happened because it's like, you know, I don't condone that. I don't think that that's a necessarily like a good thing to be out here doing because you're you're basically trashing the people who went and died for you in order to have the right to do that. Um, um, 
but uh, just taking out, you know, I guess what he did it for. Um, and I'm sure in his mind, he had different reasons than it translated to, to being to a lot of people, um, you know, because a lot of people just thought, oh, you are disrespecting America and you are disrespecting our soldiers and you are disrespecting our flag and you are disrespecting our anthem. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't want to know what I don't want to like pretend to know what is in his heart. Um, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like something that would be good for sports because it, it ruined it. It ruined football for a lot of people after that, because like you were saying, you know, it is this, it is supposed to be this relief, getaway, fun time thing. And then this whole progressivism agenda is entering it, the picture. And then it just becomes something completely different and something that is just not unifying and it's not fun. And it's not something that is like a reprieve from politics. It's like injecting politics into into something that isn't supposed to be political um so i don't know i had mixed feelings about it because i was just like you have a right to have your opinion yes you also are kind of like being you know a party pooper for everybody because we are just trying to watch a sport you know i don't know i guess i just think that there are better ways for him to have gotten out the message that he was trying to get out you know that wouldn't have been so i guess just just not translated the way he wanted it to be. Um, anyway, so I have played sports my whole life. Um, you know, volleyball, softball, soccer, basketball. I liked softball and volleyball the most, so I played those the most years. Um, but how did you originally get into the whole sports world? Did, you, did your parents have you play, or um, what's that story? Yeah, so for me, I just, my parents loved sports. Uh, I got an older brother that you talk about competition. We always had a lot of competition and he's about three years older and he always kicked my butt when I was younger and he, he was a great athlete himself. And then I was always around other athletes, but I knew for me, I was always good enough to be a starter on a varsity team on the football team and the basketball team. And then I was lucky enough to play uh, division two football, but I always knew that uh, I am not athletic enough to play professional sports that's just I just knew early on that I could play at a high level and play in college but I always liked the media side of things I have always loved storytelling I have always loved bringing people together and one of the best ways to do that was sports like no matter if you played in college or not or people play intramurals yeah play sports when they're younger and it's a great way to figure out um, how do you interact with people? How do you handle a loss? Uh, what happens when you have, you're faced with some insurmountable pressure? Like it, it's, it, there's so many great life lessons you learn in sports. And then also to sports brings people together. Unlike anything else, obviously there was a lot of woke nonsense that we've seen in the last two Olympics. The fact that the Olympics were in China, we can go off on that. But before that, you have countries that are at war together that are going to share the same mat. They're going to share the same field. They're going to share the same court. They're going to share the same dirt. And no one brought them together? Sports. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing like sports. And then the fact now that especially during COVID that we were just, we wanted to desperately get away from the hyper-politization of everything. Same. I watch sports every day. I'm excited to go watch uh, the Niners and the Rams play tonight for Monday Night Football. Um, like, <laughs> I have sports on every single day. 
But there was times during the pandemic where I was like, I can't watch Major League Baseball anymore. I don't want to see them promoting BLM. I yep. can't stand what the what the NFL is doing. Uh, hockey started diving into that some of that nonsense too. And then there, there's so many instances where they bowed down to the woke mob, and it just made it frustrating because a lot of people were looking for an outlet away from all the stress of the world that we were feeling. Um, seeing a death count on every single local news station or national news station when it came to COVID. Um, it, it was a really tough time, and I think we needed sports, and sports let us down. Yeah, it definitely did, and I totally agree with you. I mean, it definitely let us down. Like, we needed, we all needed, like, a reprieve during COVID. We, everything was politicized. Obviously, politics was politicized. The entertainment industry was very politicized. Everybody was pushing their agenda onto us. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. It was high, high stress, and we didn't have anywhere to turn to to relax and to not have this this massive, like, progressive um you know, like campaign forced down our throats. Like we didn't have anywhere to turn to. And I really thought that sports was always going to be the thing, you know, that just that did, if everything else did, you know, get touched by politics, I figured for some foolish reason in my brain that, uh, sports would not, um, it would just be, it would be untouchable. I don't know why I thought that. I guess it's just because I, you know, it is a thing where people are supposed to come together um, and just, and just have a good time and, and watch competition and not, and not worry about all this other stuff. Um, it's, it's so politicized now. And, and even when we were coming out of COVID, you know, when the whole Leah Thomas thing happened and I call him liar Thomas because he's clearly not a girl, but this whole transgenderism stuff that is now infiltrating the women's sports is, is so scary for me to see, like as a woman who played sports her whole life, it's very frustrating frustrating for me to see men who are biologically stronger than we are. That's just the fact of the matter. Feminists get over it um, to see them infiltrating our sports this way and, and clearly and obviously and very predictably dominating our sports is just very sad for me to see. I mean, when I saw, you know, liar Thomas standing on his little first place thing on the ground and then the other girls who, you know, <laughs> who lost to the man clearly, obviously, because he's stronger and he's faster and he did better and he won. Um, you know, it was just it was a very sad picture for me to see him, you know, first place and then these other women uh, to the side of him and those were the real you know women in the women's sports but as a man watching all of this go down just from like a sports guy perspective like what do you make of all of that and that's the question i would ask everybody that i had on my podcast or interacted with online i'm like how does a man come into this space and you know defend your sports like all we're looking for is fairness and equality in women's sports we know that biologically men have an advantage over women in sports. We yeah. are never, ever going to see a woman transition to a man and they compete at a high level in men's sports and find success. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people saying like, you know, why don't we just have like these, you know, just no gender leagues. I'm like, oh, there's a reason title nine, like there's, there's definitely aspects of, of title nine that, when it first came out that people had gripes with, but at very least we could come together and say like, we're going to allocate funds. We're going to look for a level playing field. We're going to have some more representation with women's sports. Uh, there's going to be a revenue share with, with some things and they, they deserve that, especially when it came to the NCAA. 
Yeah. But especially when we see this Leah Thomas situation, everyone's constantly asking, you know, as a man, how do I come alongside? Just speak the truth. Like, just come out and, and, and just say, this is, this is wrong. It doesn't make you a homophobe or a transphobe or whatever phobe they're going to throw out there because obviously all these things are intertwined into the LGBTQ mafia that's going to try to come after you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, so, it's so wild to me that we are at this place now where there's news coming out uh, where there's high school track athletes out of Connecticut. There's a massive lawsuit. There's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And then let's take it down to the foundation of this. It's a lawsuit to get biological men out of women's sports. Like, that's where we're at in this world. And now we need to settle it, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's absolutely wild. Protect women's sports. And it's, and it's going to be difficult. It's a massive fight. And we're just at the start of it. And it's infiltrated pretty much every major sport. Except we're not going to see a woman compete uh, in the National Football League. Uh, we're, we're really we've seen some, we're not going to see some transgender um, obviously find their way into these major men's sports because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and it's it's a wild it's a wild world we're living in. It is a wild world that we're living in. But I've seen those articles that you're talking about, and there are going to be a lot of of lawsuits, and there is going to be a lot of people being sued because this is just not okay. I mean, you can't have men coming in and snatching girls' titles like this. You can't do that. They're missing out on scholarships. They're missing out on all types of things because these men are coming in and and stealing their places. It's just not going to work. And and I think you're right. Men need to just stand up and tell the truth to people and not be afraid of the backlash from, you know, like the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you know, they just need to not be scared to, you know, be to to offend someone, basically. Um, I completely agree with you. I mean, men just need to be able to protect women and children, honestly. 100%. I'm with you on that. I was there at the NCAA Swimming Championships. Oh, were you? At, at Georgia Tech, because uh, I know, like, coming up, I was like, I talked to the, the bosses and the executives and everybody I needed to talk to at Turning Point. I'm like, we need to go out there. Yeah, that's awesome that you were there. This, this story needs to be shared. And I was like, I, I talked to a few friends that I had at the NCAA and they're like, yeah, like I, we're not really expecting a lot of big like journalists to come. They'll probably just take some of the footage and then throw it on their broadcast. And I'm like, we need to be boots on the ground. I, I want to experience what it's like out there. And yeah, you see that photo and the people don't understand what it was like in that building. It was just deflated any time that Leah Thomas was competing. Because mm. we talk about uh, the swimming championships where not only is Leah Thomas taking an opportunity away at the swimming championships that a lot of these women have worked their whole lives for yep. just to get there and then compete and seem like in some of these heats was clearly dogging it and just just pacing uh, themselves and taking a spot away from another woman. It, it just, it was wild to me to see nobody was interacting with Leah there. Yeah. Nobody other, other than Leah's coach. That is the only person that I saw interact with Leah. Maybe there was like one high five I saw from another swimmer in a heat, but in general, everybody, I, I would say the vast majority of people were not on board with this. 
but they're especially with the athletes, they were so uncomfortable and terrified to say anything because now you see, I, I've talked to Riley Gaines, um, who's now Riley Barker. Congratulations, Riley, on, on getting married. I've, <laughs> I've talked to her and her, her husband out at the, um, there was a big conference from ICONS. It's the International Council on Women's Sports. And I interviewed uh, her when I was out there in Vegas, and this was months after the event. She needed to use the accepted pronouns or the pronouns that Leah went by or else she could potentially get sued because what? President Biden has, has changed has changed the rules with Title IX. Yeah. Come out as um, basically some sort of uh, that misgendering, which is basically sexual harassment and blah, 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 blah. It's like we've gotten to this place where laws are getting changed, lawsuits are happening. But most importantly, what people need to do is come out and just share the truth. Yeah. It's this is not just a conservative thing. No, it's not. But but we're seeing on the left side of the aisle. They're not sharing this. No, they're not sharing about it. And if they are, then it's always like clapping emojis. This is so inclusive and cool. We love it. And even like, you know, the supposed quote unquote feminists are always like, yay, this is so great. It's like you are applauding something that is against your own interest. But OK, um, yeah, I, I but I'm glad that you were there. I think that's so cool that you were there and that you got to see kind of like the reaction to everything that was going on. Um, you know, to me, it's just kind of reminiscent of the whole silent majority thing that everybody talks about in the country and and how everybody was just very silent and they knew it was wrong um you know the answer is to stand up and to tell people the truth about things and the, and i it just it really feels like the left is always uplifting the villains in just like any scenario um which i find equal parts fascinating and ter- terrifying um but it does seem like they do that and it's just it's wild and it blows my mind but it really is you know people just have to tell people the truth and you have have to be willing to you just have to be willing to take some flack for telling people the truth after a while I think you know what I've learned telling people the truth is after a while of saying it you really really don't care what people have to say about because you know it's the truth and you know it's right and so what what do their opinions really mean certainly not as much as the truth not to me anyway um anyway so I'm just wondering like how did men even get to this place where they're allowed to play in women's sports. Do you know? Because I don't even know how that started. Yeah. So there's basically been a, a, a loophole um, that just got taken advantage of. It was one of those situations that we've seen this radical gender theory being implemented into universities. And what's happening specifically with swimming is they didn't have a good structure on how to stop things like this. So it turned into a, when Leah Thomas, and I'll still say this to this day, have all your gripes with Leah Thomas. I have a ton Mm -hmm. and it was wrong, but Leah Thomas did follow NCAA rules. So there is an aspect of that where we need to be just as angry and even angrier at the NCAA who allowed this to happen. So the NCAA needs to look to, um, USA Swimming, who's going to look to the IOC, who's going to look to FINA. And some people might see that FINA came out, I think that was maybe three months ago or so, that said, you know, men in women's sports, uh, with in women's swimming, because they are basically like everything falls down from FINA. And they said, if you don't transition before 12, 
you're not competing in women's sports. Uh, and obviously we can get into the whole fact that there's still an aspect of people out there might try to push their kid to transition to become female before 12, which is absolutely disgusting. But mm-hmm. they look to FINA as the governing body uh, to make the call on these things. And they were playing defense. And the NCAA allowed these. And I think Leah ended up doing a, a two-year transition and then, you know, got tested for, you know, what are the uh, testosterone levels you have. And with all this science and data, it's it's not on the NCAA or the left side with this. It's We know the bone structure, lung capacity, everything. It doesn't matter yeah. how much estrogen you have or how much testosterone you have. But basically it came down to governing bodies. And then FINA came out months ago. This ain't, this ain't going to happen, but the NCAA actually do have some information from um, some people that have attended recent NCAA meetings, and they said the NCAA is basically now trying to just go to USA Swimming, who seems to be pretty lax on this situation, um, and you know, we could see more men competing in women's sports, and it's going to come down to lawsuits now. I heard that in this meeting that initially you have executives at the NCAA that are talking about uh, misgendering. They're talking about microaggressions. They're oh saying their gosh. pronouns. It's, it's, it's all in there. And this is a massive fight and it's a massive fight. That's not just going to be fought online with some great videos that we can all put clapping emojis to. There's going to be a lot of dollars spent on, on fighting against these, these governing bodies, these universities, um, states, it's it's going to be a wild ride and everybody needs to buckle up because it's just getting started. Yeah, well, I think that that speaks to, you know, what happens when you let any sort of lies slide. I mean, then you get into this big, massive mess that's very hard to get out of and is now going to cost you know, tons and tons of money and lawsuits to fix. And it's a problem that should have never, it, it never existed in the first place. You are your gender at a cellular level. There is no chopping things off and taking some hormones and becoming the other gender. And by the way, what happened to the left's, you know, love yourself, love yourself just the way you are. Like, you don't need to change anything about yourself. Like, I I just have so many issues with, with the freaking left. But like, why do they think that you can actually change your gender? You can't change your gender, you guys. You can't change your gender. Um, but it, it just speaks to the larger issue of like, what happens when you start letting any sort of lie slide? It becomes this massive massive snowball and then it's very hard to to fix it um but i'm wondering like how is this even like a good business move like in terms of of revenue and making money and all of that like is this a good business move like why are they doing this people hate when i say this but like women's sports does not make money in the ncaa like a couple couple years ago that you just look at the revenue numbers for march madness uh, men's basketball for women's basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women's basketball basically <laughs> lo- lost money, and men's March Madness almost made a billion dollars in profit. So, like, obviously, with, with Title IX, there needs to be some equal representation. Obviously, keep having women's March Madness and things like that. But in general, I think they are scared to number one, um, you know, be called transphobic or. All those, all those phobias, and the NCAA is already making a ton of money. 
Yeah. So I, I don't really think they care that much. What they care is making sure that they can virtue signal to say, you know, we really care about the trans community and, you know, the science isn't that clear. And, you know, this is the best way to love people. It's nonsense. If they really want to care for their women athletes, maybe we should talk about the psychological damage that these women are going through when they see some self when they see some self-identified quote quote unquote woman roll in and then show their penis in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. Kids are seeing this and that's got psychological damage that doesn't just get fixed with winning a lawsuit. You know, yeah. that that gets fixed with maybe years and years of, of therapy. And, you know, potentially doesn't get fixed yeah. uh, at all. And it's disgusting. I think also, too, it's just like we got to stop buying into this lie that we can identify as whatever we want. Yeah. People like Leah Thomas, people like Leah Thomas need help. And then uh, this is another controversial statement. Um, but I will stand to this forever. Caitlyn Jenner obviously has been elevated as such a massive voice in speaking out against men and women's sports. Caitlyn Jenner didn't do anything in sports. Bruce Jenner did. Yeah. Oh, wait, that is such a good point. If we're going to go to somebody that clearly has a mental issue and thinks they are the opposite sex and is going to win the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the ESPYs, and we need to go to them to speak out against this, we need them to be uh, the poster boy, the poster woman, um, or whatever you want to call it, that's where I think the conservative side is is losing it a little bit. We don't need that voice in order to fight back against this. Yeah, wrong is wrong. Yeah, and I have I have been seeing him. I can't call him her. You know, I I don't I don't buy into that because it's it's a lie and transgenderism is just not like a real thing. Um, so I call Bruce Jenner he, and I do not acknowledge the Caitlyn, and I'm I'm not sorry about that. Um, so but yeah, I I have seen him come out and talk about all of this, and it's just I mean I I completely agree with you where it's just like we need to have people fight for it that you know are actually in these sports and like you said you know Bruce Jenner is the one that played the sports not Caitlyn Jenner so you know having that person be the spokesperson for women is kind of weird um you know again he's just not a woman um but it is going to just take everybody acknowledging truth telling people you know we will not accept lies anymore like we're not down with that and most of us really never were but I think you're right you know it's it's important important to say it because there's no woman is going to transition into a man and then go play man sports and do it successfully. She can't, um, you know, men, like we've said, are biologically in a strength way superior to women. And that's not to say that women can't do anything. It's just to say that men are physically stronger than women. It is just the way that God made it. And you're not seeing these, you're not seeing women transition into men and go play these male sports. Um, like you're seeing the men transition into women and go play women's sports because one, it's just, it doesn't make sense because they know that they're not going to be able to <laughs> beat the men. And then also, you know, I would just, say that it, it it would seem that the male sports would have a big big issue with women transitioning and coming to play their sports and ruining i guess their ratings and revenue i mean i mean is that fair to say yeah 100 percent. i think it just comes with this sense of apathy for so many of us are like especially if we're going to talk about the conservative side like stop being so apathetic about things yeah 
speak, just speak the truth. You're going to lose friends. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'd much rather be unbelievably uncomfortable right here at the end of 2022 than be in 2040 and we're seeing women almost completely eliminated from their sports. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I have to bring the fake feminists into this conversation because there are just so many freaking fake feminists out here and they don't talk about these things. They don't talk about the things that actually matter for, for women. And it's just such a self-serving feminism in America right now. This fourth wave shiz. Look, I caught myself, you guys. Um, and it bothers me. It just, it really makes me angry because it's like, it's like, come on, like, what the heck? Why don't they talk about the Iranian women taking their jobs off and like standing for freedom? Like that's real feminism and, and pushing back against men trying to dominate your sports. I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, where's girl power now? Um, does the patriarchy, like, are we yay patriarchy now? Like what's going on? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's very weird how there are very there. I mean, the feminists that I have seen have been very yay. Transgenderism. Yay. Trans men like, yay. Come on in. Come on in. Take our sports like hijack it all. Take our take our trophies. Take our medals. Take our scholarships. Take our wins. Like, it's so weird. It's just so weird as a woman to see how the feminists are responding to this. Um, it's very it's very anti feminist in my view or what I think that feminism should be and it is it's just very devastating because like you said you know it's going to be an expensive fix it is going to not be fixable in a lot of ways because a lot of people are going to have mental issues from all of this for a very long time maybe forever because it's it's devastating that men are coming in changing in front of girls young girls in a lot of cases and that's just not okay and you have to stand up and say that it's not okay and you have to be willing to lose quote quote friends for telling people the truth you have to be able to stand up for innocent people and and be okay with losing the not innocent people because these people who are for this kind of stuff you guys they know that they're wrong they know that they're wrong so why would you want to have people who know that they're wrong who know that they're wicked to like you why do you need wicked people to like you that would be my biggest question and speaking of wicked it just it really seems like marxism is just is just trickling into like the sports realm and I and I don't really understand how that's happening but when the whole like Colin Kaepernick thing happened that is when it just started to come out more and more that there is a lot of Marxism in these leagues like there's a lot of Marxists and Marxism just it just seeping into the league and I don't know what's going on with that do you do you like I mean that is that happening yeah and I mean that's just People don't understand what Marxism is in, in the first place. They don't understand the Frankfurt School. They don't understand where critical theory came from. They don't understand that critical race theory is just a subset of critical theory in general, that these things have been around for a long time. They've been taught for a long time, and that the elites in the country and a lot of major athletes are a part of that elite class that are pushing absolute nonsense and then when we go to the Colin Kaepernick situation you got to get to the foundation of the issue so the question of Colin you have to tell us what sparked you kneeling yeah and in, ge in general I really do believe a part of it was he wanted some attention on himself yeah he was a 
terrible quarterback at that point. Obviously, he led his team to the Super Bowl a few, few seasons prior, and defenses figured him out. A lot of people, uh, I, I think uh, John Gruden might have said this line. Uh, he's like, you know what the NFL stands for? Not for long. And he said, <laughs> he said that to uh, a ref uh, one time, like years ago, I think when he was coaching uh, for the Buccaneers. But Colin Kaepernick kneeled for a guy that got shot by police in San Francisco. And if you just hear that, it's like, well, oh, the guy that got shot by unarmed, uh, he was, you're hearing, oh, he was unarmed, shot by police. False. He he knelt for a guy that stabbed somebody multiple times and then was wielding a six-inch-plus knife in front of cops, decided to charge at those cops, and cops had to shoot the individual. They'd already stabbed somebody, and that's what he's kneeling for, is an actual criminal that wasn't unarmed. But when people hear unarmed, they're like, oh, well, they didn't have a gun. And that's what you see constantly now. And then look at what happened in the NBA, in the NBA bubble. Uh, You have someone like Jonathan Isaac that got absolutely vilified and crapped on for standing for the anthem because he didn't believe that, you know, BLM is something that the NBA or anybody else should be partnering with. He doesn't believe that we should see everything through this CRT lens. He doesn't believe that the Milwaukee Bucks should be boycotting a game because they're standing up for Jacob Blake, who is a criminal that was just uh, raping his baby mama. You know, they're, they're standing up for criminals here, and they're, they're being elevated on this platform. And no one, that's the, the worst part of this here is not only are athletes standing up for absolute nonsense, the media are just as bad. Yeah. The media is terrified to ask the real questions. The media doesn't want to get to the bottom of the Mizzou hunger strike. People need to look up that story as well. So the University of Mizzou, there was basically a a black, I think it was like the black student unit that said there was racism and there was a racial slur from somebody uh, that was driving by campus one day. And there was like a, someone that put a poop swastika in the bathroom and like none of this stuff um, turned out to be true. But it turned into this national story that was involved in the Mizzou football game uh, that week and the the following weeks. And the media needs to do its job. And obviously the poster boy of all this Marxism is LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James clearly has ties with China, just like the NBA does. The NBA, one of their major broadcasting partners is Tencent. Tencent is a major broadcasting company out of China. And then people have to know too that, all these leagues, it's about making money. There is a, there's billions of people <laughs> in China. Yeah. There's hundreds of millions of people here in the States. There's a lot of money out there and there's a lot of influence that they have overseas. And the NBA has decided to uh, have a blind eye to the atrocities that are going on overseas. LeBron James has his sneakers made uh, by slave labor while also calling America one of the most racist and oppressive places on earth. You yeah. try to say something like that in China and go against the government, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, you, you talk about the sense of, sense of privilege. There's poster boys here. The leagues are um, going along with it. And you just got you got to follow the money. And then another thing, too, with the NBA, they're playing in the United Arab Emirates. 
They're about to play some preseason games there, and that is a place where if the NBA really cares about the LGBTQ community, you know what happens to people out there that are found out to be gay and, and live in a gay lifestyle? You're killed. Yeah. They don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. They don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. You're 100% right. And I never even thought about it from that standpoint. Yeah, billions of people in China, millions of people here. Hmm, I wonder who they're going to cater to. And that's, it's a really good point. I mean, LeBron James so clearly works, you know, has ties with China. Like he is so clearly close with them. He's he's very pro everything that they're for. Um, and, you know, a lot of these, these companies that make the sports clothes are also like that you know, Nike, Adidas, um, there's been some weird ads coming out of, of Adidas, but I know that Nike, um, I know that Nike takes advantage of that slave labor in China and people really, really, really need to look into that. I mean, you need to know who's making the clothes that you wear, that you rep, that you, you know, are, are basically endorsing. So look it up. But I mean, I just feel like these people are evil. Like LeBron James has to know that he is being evil. I mean, I, I just find it hard to believe that he could possibly just be this innocent bystander, you know, who doesn't really know like all this stuff that's going on with the whole, you know, with what China's doing, first of all, um, and with how they're pushing the Marxism into the sports and then the sports, you know, you know, the, the clothing lines, like Colin Kaepernick in particular with that, because he did an ad with them after he knelt, um, you know, like they have to know these things. Like, would you agree that they have to know that they're being evil yeah 100 percent. and i think there's at the same time there there is this aspect of i really hope that conservatives can when they talk about someone like lebron james i can talk about how incredible of an athlete lebron james is while also calling out his unbelievably divisive politics and the evil that he promotes yeah like there, there needs there can be a separation between politics and art um and I think LeBron James has also done some incredible stuff for the community uh, in Cleveland, specifically you know in the Akron area. But at the same time, it's like everybody likes to say, like, well, why don't you just talk about all the good stuff he's done? It's like, well, that's been promoted from both sides. Yeah, we, we agree there's been some good stuff, but these other things here, when you have Edis Cantor Freedom, that literally is just asking LeBron. Why are you having your sneakers made in China by slave labor? Why are you constantly like he tried? Uh, Daryl Morey used to be uh, the GM of the Houston Rockets. And when the whole free Hong Kong situation came out, Daryl Morey was ridiculed, vilified, and people tried canceling him for saying, you know, we're, we're not getting to the bottom of this story. And we should talk about it. And then LeBron James came out and said, you know what? He's uneducated. But no one in the media is going to ask him, well, why do you say that? Yeah. Like, what is he uneducated about? What's wrong about free Hong Kong? They couldn't put free Hong Kong in the back of their jerseys uh, in the NBA bubble. Remember when we had all those, like, um, those woke jerseys and uh, everything that they promoted um, in, in the NBA bubble. But LeBron James is someone that obviously is, is with Nike as well. And and Nike uh, said, uh, too, the biggest teller is we're a company of and for China. Yeah. Their CEO said that. Their CEO said that, said the quiet part out loud, and that tells you everything you need to know. 
Yeah, well, it's interesting because it seems like, you know, and like you were saying, like you can acknowledge that somebody is a good athlete while also acknowledging that maybe they have some personal issues. Like maybe they you can have qualms with somebody's personal values or lack thereof while also acknowledging, you know, yeah, wow, you're a really great athlete or a great artist or whatever it is. Um, So you can do both of those things. But it is interesting because, you know, it's like it's it's to me, it's like the athletes are becoming kind of bought and paid for sort of like politics. Um, it's, it feels the same to me. And it's like, I know that Robin Williams, I think it was Robin Williams who said one time, like he wished that politicians had to wear things like the NASCAR people, you know, like who sponsored you so that you know who owns them and who controls them. Um, you know, and to me, it's almost like, do we need that for the athletes now? Because it seems like they really are kind of bought and paid for. And a lot of them by China. And I I know it's like a little bit different, but like, it's like, you know, they're making a lot of money. Part of that is because they're successful and they're talented and they are doing a great job. Part of it is also that they are having their clothes made in China with slave labor. And part of it is that. And, and for them to say, you know, for Nike to come out and say, we are a company for China. It's like, Hmm. Okay. 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 Well, let's look into that. Like, why'd you say that? What's going on? And it's like, yeah, it does. It really just, it it comes down to the money every single time. And then there's a reason too, that Ennis Cantor freedom is not in the league anymore. Um, people could try to say like, Oh, he was a washed up center, um, big man in the league. Uh, he started speaking out against so many things that the league just did not want to get out into the public eye. Um, and China just decided we're not going to play Celtics games anymore. Those won't be broadcasted. That is money being lost from the league, and they had to get Ennis out. Wow. That's, like, that's another thing. Like you, you, People have to understand that you know, money is a huge driver here. Yeah. And that a lot of these, there's a lot of these leagues, pretty much every major sports league, is trying to have some sort of footprint overseas. Yeah. Obviously, Amer- American sports are incredible, but they are looking to drive revenue. There's a lot of money to be made in these sports. The NBA has done an incredible job in the sense of making its sport basically year-round. Like People love the summer league. They start following the preseason games a lot more, and it's they're, they're promoting their product really well, a lot better than leagues like Major League Baseball. But there's money to be made, and there's clearly an agenda, like especially even with this abortion situation. The NBA came out right away and you know made their stance on abortion, that they were for the killing of, of innocent lives, and that they would do whatever to help um, employees that need to get an abortion like we'll pay for that, for that kind of stuff. It's, it's sad, but that, that's where we are in sports and in the society. Sports are just as political as any news outlet that you're going to watch. Yeah. I mean, they they really are getting to be that way. And it's, it's so sad again. I mean, it's supposed to be our, our 
place to turn to, to relax and to not worry about politics and to not worry about all the stress of the world. It's supposed to be the thing where we come together, like we mentioned earlier, but it is so upsetting about the abortion stuff. I mean, for them to come out and there's so many companies that are coming out that have been since Roe was overturned saying, I know Starbucks, um, Kroger and some others were coming out and saying, don't worry. You know, I know that y'all are so afraid because now you will have to have the children that you create, but don't worry. We will, we will pay to ship you over to another state and have and so you can have your baby murdered in your womb we'll pay for that we will pay if it's illegal in our state because of roe being overturned and now it's a state's decision don't worry don't worry we will ship you over we will pay to ship you over to a state that will murder your child in your womb um and then again again all the fake feminists are like yay we love this y'all what what is good about killing your kids like what is good about people wanting to pay for you to murder your kids why is that something you want why is that something you want gosh I wish people could grow a conscience like can you just water it or something put it in the sunshine see if it'll grow like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tone it down um but you know and it's, it's just crazy that so many people are and companies and and organizations and now even the leagues are coming out and, and supporting that um but it it just really makes me think like of the quote, you know, if America ever does go under, it'll be, it'll be by us. Like it'll be us going under, um, you, because we just let ourselves go under, but it does feel like China is reaching over with their Marxism and their atheism and their nihilism and their immorality, frankly, and just, and just grabbing our sports realm. And that's just what it feels like to me. Um, and everybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm a Christian. So y'all know that I, I definitely am very acutely aware of like the, sp the spiritual battle happening. Um, and that has been happening since the dawn of, of mankind. Um, but it's like, oh, excuse me, should I say humankind? Are y'all going to get upset? Just, just chill out. Um, but so I'm very, very attuned to all of, all of that. And it, it makes sense to me that Satan would want to, to kind of grab you in places you wouldn't really expect. Like who's really watching sports and thinking and, and thinking like, oh yeah, we better, better be on guard for Satan. Cause you never know. Like Satan does this. He just does this. He is, he is snuck his way into the music. He's sneaking his way into our sports. He's sneak he sneaks into all these areas like a snake, like like a snake into all these areas that you wouldn't expect and, and really, and tries to get you. So I just, I don't know. I just feel like people need to be aware of the spiritual battle and, and really pay attention to it because all of this political stuff, it is there to divide you and to divide all of us. But there is like a deeper battle that is going on and also be paying attention to that because then I just want to, I just want to reiterate, you know, the MLB was very pro BLM and BLM, as we all know, stole everybody's donation money. Everybody thought that they were giving money to help the black community, black people who had been, you know, victims of police brutality, they thought that they were giving to a good cause. No, 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 y'all. The good cause, quote unquote, was buying mansions for the Marxist founders. They have said, they came out and said that they were, they're self-proclaimed Marxists. There's that wonderful Marxism again, very selfless, very utopian, like very, very compassionate, like Marxism. 
and they bought mansions for themselves because they, ugh, that's just how they are. But it is very, very frustrating because none of the people who posted their little black squares and none of the athletes in particular that I have seen, I mean, I haven't seen any of the athletes come forward and say black lives matter was a scam. Like black lives matter was a scam. And why can't anybody say that it is legitimately, it feels like people are just, they are literally duct taped by the left and they're not allowed to say things like you are allowed to have your own opinion and you are allowed to change your opinion, given new information, given new data, given new research, you're allowed to change your opinion. Did y'all know that you can change your opinion, like given new information. And, but it just seems like people, it, to me, it really feels like people know, because I, I mean, I don't feel like anybody doesn't know, like at this point, that Black Lives Matter was a scam. Everybody knows that it was a scam, but it seems like people are just even knowing the truth, even knowing it, they're too afraid to say it. And I do not understand why I don't, I don't under, I don't understand. I, I mean, is social approval so important that you're willing to all accept a big fat lie? Like that's wild. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty weird. Pretty communist. Like what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Like, I just haven't seen very many people come out and denounce BLM for, for, you know, embezzling. Have you? No. And then the reason that, you know, sports leagues aren't going to, they're going to squash any sort of statement made by individuals because, uh, they've partnered with BLM. Um, Major League Baseball, the NFL, who still has end end racism in their end zone, they're doing such an incredible job with that. All it is is virtue signaling. You have the the NBA, you have uh, the MLS, you have all the NHL has even even done that. Like BLM was promoted, and we've been calling it since the beginning that all this is is divisive, and people that know. Uh, your podcasts and our people of faith as well, they're going to know woe to the people that call evil good and good evil. That's exactly what's happening here. BLM and going back to Marxism, you have the people that are running BLM that are self-proclaimed Marxists. Yep. Marx, who came from the Frankfurt School, who was one of the founders of critical race theory. That is what's ruining uh, our country. If they had, if any league had had its players calling out this nonsense, they'd probably do the same thing they did to Ennis Cantor. Um, and they, they would try to squash any story, and they're going to silence anybody that tries to go against all this incredible, progressive, social justice work that they've done. Mm-hmm. A lot of our favorite our favorite players that we watch um, were, marching, were marching the streets. And while some of them might have been doing it with good intentions... All they did was help promote an organization that absolutely bamboozled hundreds of millions of dollars from people. And yep. also, people can only look in the mirror, too. Um, people that posted a black square and thinking that that's going to end racism. Like, we, we have to think of these uh, decisions that we're making and um, knowing that we have to do whatever we can to fight against this stuff. Because now that it's found its, found its way into sports, I think that is one of the big indicators that if if this last outlet that we have uh, away from politics and the craziness of life is gone yikes 
it's going to get only worse. Yeah, it's 100% going to get just 100% worse. It's going to get so bad. People are not prepared. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think the whole black square thing just comes back to like down to how people are just so unwilling to do hard things anymore. And they are so used to instant gratification and they are so used to feeling like they're doing something rather than actually doing something. And so, I mean, that's how the black square thing felt to me. I mean, it's so wild to me because I'm, I'm like the creepy person on the internet that's like going back through people's feeds to see if they ever like took their black square down, you know, given the new information that the founders stole their donation money. Um, and a lot of the people who posted their black squares probably didn't even donate any money to BLM. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think that most of them actually donated to BLM. Um, but the, those who did, you know, like they, they were stolen from and it's wild to see that they, that the people still kept their black squares up even after all of this has come out. Um, you know, it's, it, to me, it's like you've branded yourself an idiot. You have branded yourself an idiot and, and you're so naive and gullible and just frankly idiotic. And it's, but it does come back down to the whole, you know, like, like guys, look, I fixed racism. Look, I fixed it. I posted an image of a, of a black square. I posted nothing. <laughs> I posted nothing. Like I fixed it. Um, it's, I, I don't have the words to articulate how dumb I think it is um, to have ever done that. But then for all of this to come out, for them to not have taken the squares down, it's um, to me, it speaks to the zombification of our generation. And, and that's just what I call it because they're, they're like zombies. Like they are just absorbing all of this stuff on social media and on the, you know, pre-selected cool quote unquote news stations and they're eating it up and they just aren't asking any questions questions. Um, it's just, there's so little critical thinking. And I just want to say, because you brought up critical theory and that is definitely, you know, taken over in the school system, which by the way, for all of you who don't know, the public school system is government funded. So I wonder, I wonder who the government is going to try to tell, like talk up and make sound really cool. Oh, mate, wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it the government? Is it the, is the government going to talk up the government? Probably. Yeah. In a government school. Um, so yeah, I mean, the government, it's trying to turn itself into your God. That's why they've taken God out of the schools. Um, you know, y'all are so lost out here. And most of you don't even know that don't even know how lost you are, but the critical theory, um, I need to do a whole episode on that because it's very important, but it is, it is this thing that they are using to confuse you guys. They, they do this all the time in academia and I have two degrees. I'm, I might be going to law school. I I'm interested in all of the academia world, but there are so many issues with it. They, the academia people will, will make things more complicated when they're trying to manipulate you. This is what they do. They make something sound so intellectual and, and they make it confusing so that like you think that it's more intellectual than it is, but you're too confused to know how, how little it is intellectual. Like it's, it's just this whole manipulation tactic. And of course, like coming from Marxist type people, it's to be expected. Um, but critical race theory in the schools that has got to go. It is just resegregation. It is segregation 2.0. It is, um, separating people by race. It's not good. And it, it, there's just so many things happening in the country right now that it really feels like we are, um, 
it feels like we are crumbling. We're just imploding. It feels like we're imploding. So if y'all are interested in stopping that from happening, then you need to really be devoted to finding the truth and then telling people the truth and, and just, oh man, y'all, I swear, stop being so afraid of losing liars for friends. You don't want liars as your friends. Like, don't be, don't be afraid of losing liars for friends. They were not your friends. They were lying to you. And in no stretch of the imagination is a nice lie going to be better than a harsh truth and no stretch of the imagination. Just, just get that, get that into your brain and into your soul and think about it because it's true. You guys, I'm telling you the truth. I have no interest in lying to you guys because I, unlike all these other people, I genuinely want what's best for this country. And what, what's best for this country is independent thought is thinking for yourself is researching stuff. Yourself is coming to your own conclusions. It's not outsourcing your opinions. It is critical thinking, not critical theory. Um, and critical race theory is just an extension of critical theory. But yeah, bottom line, don't be afraid to lose liars as friends. They were never your friends to begin with. Another controversial statement. There was a lot of useful idiots during the Holocaust. There's a lot of useful idiots right now. And especially when we talk about um, when you hear the Holocaust, people just like start cringing. And I, you know, I say this stuff, I don't say it lightly, but you know, there's, there's a genocide happening when we talk about abortion specifically and there's a lot of useful idiots and a lot of apathetic idiots right now that are happy to just go with the flow where it's like live and let live. It's just like, if you're going to say live and let live, yeah, aren't able to live anymore because yeah. of, of your apathy. And I think what, what people need to realize is specifically in sports, we need to start promoting the voices that are calling out this nonsense. Yeah. Um, you can promote the voices of like Kyrie Irving, who was absolutely incredible uh, during the COVID era. I think he was one of the most impactful athletes, but also too, he's someone that donated to BLM and he was supportive of BLM. Uh, someone like Ennis Cantor Freedom, who's really talked about how much of a privilege it is to be an American, was you know, pretty empathetic to the cause of, of BLM. Like we're not, they're not all going to fit in these perfect boxes. Mm -hmm. Obviously your listeners are going to love people like Jonathan Isaac, who stood for the anthem. He stands by his Christian values. Everything he does is based in biblical truth, but there's also going to be people like Aaron Rodgers. That's sounds like during this off season, he's happy to dive into ayahuasca and find his spiritual self. Mm -hmm. and, but like, these people, like, they're not going to fit into your conservative box. They're not going to vote perfectly like, like you'd want or anything. But we need to find a way to promote these voices and not feel like, oh, shoot, if I promote uh, Novak Djokovic, I need to make sure that he's totally on board with the conservative movement. Yeah. There's times where we can fight battles together. And I think what an incredible way to bridge the gap is, you know, start realizing that some of these amazing athletes – they're making huge stances that are really important, not just for their league or fellow teammates or other athletes in, in the sport. People like Kyrie Irving is like, I'm doing this because I know millions of people don't have jobs anymore. Millions yeah. of people are being forced into this nonsense. And I, I think if we start doing that a little bit more, uh, we can really find a way forward and, and fight back and not just fight back, but win. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I, I've noticed that too with conservatives. It's like there were a lot of the times they're like, we have to agree on absolutely everything or, or you're, you know, you're just, you're a rhino and we do not like you. There are a lot of rhinos. I don't want to downplay that, but like you don't have to agree with someone on absolutely everything in order to support them. And I think we just need to look at it in terms of like, you know, we are at war, like in a way we are at war against Marxism and against communism and socialism and this horrific ideology. Um, and it's an intellectual war. And so we have to play it smart. We have to play it like chess and we have to, you know, back the people in the sports world that are calling out all of this garbage, whether or not they agree with you on absolutely everything. Um, you know, we don't want to become like the left in that way where it's like, you better fall right into line. Like I thought we were the party and the side that was like, you know, we supported individual thought, even if it deviated a little bit, you know, person to person, that is what I believe in. I'm an independent now, you know, since the election. So, I mean, my point is that we really don't have to agree on everything in order to play this, this game smartly. And we're going to have to play this game smartly because we are headed in such a bad direction <laughs> like i mean marxism it's so scary that china's infiltrating our sports and that marxism is just taking hold in every single realm of everything entertainment sports schools government like everything is being overtaken by this ideology and nobody's stopping to think to question it um which is crazy y'all really need to get my book when it comes out by the way if you if you are zombified then you need to read my book. Um, anyway, more on that later, but yeah, we, we're just headed, we're at a, we're at a crossroads and, and a very important crossroads right now in the country. And it's like, you can choose Marxism, which ultimately ends in, uh, communism and enslavement, or you can choose the path of freedom and the path of God and the path of truth. Like you have a decision to make and we all do. Um, but yeah, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything in order to be on the same team. Um, and I, I think we should all be on the team of anti-slavery. Like, let's not enslave ourselves. That doesn't sound fun. Let's not do that. Let's just kind of not do that. Do not allow the culture to trap you into an ideology that always ends in enslavement and famine and death. Just, just, just don't, don't do it. It's the reverse of Nike. Don't do it. Like, I think we should all be able to at least agree that, you know, it's going horribly so far. And then just look at how... All these things are so wrapped up with a nice wrapping paper and a bow. Yeah. It's like this whole idea of we have like democratic socialism where it's like it doesn't work. Yeah. They're, they're using this um, and a, a couple little words that are going to make it sound nice where it's like, oh, it hasn't worked before. But, you know, I'm totally in for everybody's in for equality. But there's a difference between equality and equity yeah. that's being pushed right now. And, and people don't understand the difference between these things. In America, you have equal opportunity. And we can freely say that there's some people that really get the raw end of the deal. There's some people that are born into some absolutely horrible situations. But if we're going to start basing everything uh, off color and either someone's an oppressor or the, or the oppressed, and you know, we have to make sure that it's not just an equal opportunity. There needs to be equal outcome. We're going to lose this country. Yeah. We're going to lose what made the American dream so enticing for everybody. 
and these free handouts are going to ruin us. They and are. it's happened in every single socialist country that's ever existed. Uh, but uh, for some reason, people are being duped into this kind of stuff. And obviously, it's being peddled uh, through through sports leagues and useful idiots like uh, LeBron James. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I, and I just think it is. It, it really just is. They're infiltrating all of these different areas of society successfully. So, I mean, we haven't pushed back enough in the past uh, many, many decades on all of this. And, and it's our generation's duty, I feel, to stand up and say, Oh, okay. So no, actually you see a man is not a woman and a woman is not a man. And actually, you know, we're not going to let y'all slide with all these lies anymore. Um, actually we like the truth and actually we're going to want to see more of that. And actually we're going to demand to see more of that. And actually we're going to be, you know, coming in the schools and taking the porn books out. And we're going to actually insist that you're not brainwashing our kids. And like, we're just going to insist that, you know, sports isn't destroyed by this Marxist ideology and, and disunifying all of these things that are supposed to be um, not political, frankly. And I, and I don't want anybody to think that I don't think that people should have their political opinions. I think everybody has a right to have their political opinions, but don't ruin everything with it. And don't act like you're not being brainwashed when you're coming in. And, and a lot of the Marxists that I've talked to and know they don't know why they're Marxist. They don't know even what Marxism is. And it's very interesting to me that someone can be so for something that they haven't even bothered to research, um, especially when it comes to something as profound as, as your political ideology, because that really is, that's your value system or lack thereof. And uh, a lot of people feel the same way, um, you know, about religion. Like they're just not looking into anything and they're just like, well, you know, my friends thinks this is cool. So I, I think it's cool. You know, my group thinks this is cool. So I guess this is cool. And it's this, this, this group think, um, thing that's happening. And so I, I just constantly try to tell people on my podcast, you know, that individual thought, independent thinking, that is the way, and that, that is the golden ticket out of all of this. Um, but I don't know how else to like get it through to people other than to constantly post about these things and to come on here and talk about all this stuff. But you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like ultimately it comes down to personal responsibility to taking a p accountability for your lack of independent thought and your lack of research and your lack of, um, you know, being cognizant of, of the truth and, and telling it to people like it, to me, it just comes down to, responsibility and accountability. And I don't know if like the country is prepared to get back to that. Like, do you, I mean, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's, it's the thing right now is we are lacking so much accountability. Just even look now, there's so much nonsense that's going on with this presidency. Um, they're trying to re redefine terms. They redefine inflation. They try to tell you that, you know, inflation is going to be transitory and that it's not that bad um, or that, you know, we don't need to explain to you what a woman is like th these kind of things. We have to understand that we need to keep both sides of the aisle accountable. Yeah. And then when people need to look at themselves in the mirror and realize, you know, maybe I'm the person that's getting duped, you know, maybe I'm the person that's been way too apathetic uh, in these situations Yep. Maybe maybe I'm the person that's been cowardice. Um, and 
you know and your listeners know that I mean the way that we go about these things too like we got to stick to some sort of truth and we know what the truth is we know what the way is we know what the light is we know that Jesus Christ is that yeah and we are going to stick to our, our biblical foundation and obviously once you eliminate God from schools eliminate God from the public square eliminate God and basically every other aspect of society every society culture and civilization that's done that has has fallen yeah and we have for way too long believe that America is not susceptible to a fall there's no way this is the most prosperous greatest country in the world it it is time and it's it's weird to be looking at a uh, a time where it's like god man I'm, a, I'm so much more pessimistic than I used to be but I think people need to guard their heart a little bit more. They need to be a little bit more courageous. They need to encourage their leaders behind the pulpit uh, to start speaking the truth. And, you know, if if we're losing sports, if we're losing schools, the next thing to go is potentially the church. And we know the church is another place that is dove into a lot, a lot uh, of nonsense. Yeah. Um, and it's... It's it's on its way out, especially to uh, if we don't if we don't have leaders standing up, if we don't have congregations that are equipped to speak out against things that are clearly not of God. Yeah, it's I I don't know if you saw, but they they pulled all the drag queens into a church, and and the pastor, if you want to call him that, was just cheering cheering this guy dressed as a woman. And and I have a big issue with drag queens. It's making a mockery of women. That's what a drag queen even is. I mean, y'all don't stop to think about any of this stuff. But a drag queen is creating a caricature of women. I mean. To me, drag queen is to women what blackface is to black people. It's like you're making a caricature and you're mocking us and stop, like just stop. But the, the church let this dude in and and there was all these youth um, in the pews and they were, you know, encouraging this and they were applauding and they were screaming and they were hyped and they were just really excited about it. And um it's, it's just, it's an insult to God. And I know that that's what Satan is after, you know, ultimately. And of course, you know, bringing drag Queens into the church is what Satan would want. Of course, he'd want the congregation to be so excited about that. And of course he'd want, you know, a terrible pastor to be heading up that church and to allow all of this to happen. Um, because Satan is for everything that God is against and God is against is against all of that. Like, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. And I know that y'all are like, well, Jenny, you need to be inclusive and you need to be accepted and you need to be a tolerant. And it's like, I really don't. I really don't. If you read your Bible, then you guys would know that actually this is all about separation from good and evil. Like this is separating us. It is the wheat from the chaff. We are not here to just accept everybody's sinful lifestyles. They have a right to live that way, but you don't pull it into the church. You don't applaud it. You don't as a Christian, tell someone that they're doing a great job when they are headed straight toward hell. You don't do that. You are not loving if you do that. And Jesus told us to love our neighbor. So, um, we are just losing everything. Um, we are just losing everything. And I don't know what it's going to take to wake everybody up in order for them to see that. I guess sometimes you just have to reach rock bottom if you're an idiot in order to, you know, see that you've been heading in a wrong direction this whole entire time. Um, but 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's, it's devastating to see where we are and where we're headed. People just really have to stop being so apathetic. I mean, we are, we're out of time for that. And then I think people need to realize too, there's that like Episcopal church in New York that you're talking about and they had the drag queen and it looked like yeah. there was a bunch of youth group people in there and, you know, to desecrate God's house with things like that is disgusting, but it's also disgusting when you don't have pastors talking about the atrocities of abortion. Yep. If your pastor was not celebrating the overturning of Roe v. Wade, leave your church. If you, yeah, if your church is not talking about what God says about life, ask yourself why. Hold them accountable. And that's just as bad is that apathy is just as bad as those churches that are inviting drag queens and they're happy to have drag queen bingo and, you know, talk about that. Oh, you know, we accept everybody, you know, Jesus loved everybody, but his definition of love is drastically different than the definition of love that's been promoted right now. Yeah. You know, love doesn't, love doesn't equal acceptance of lifestyle. Jesus didn't meet with the tax collector. He didn't meet with Matthew and be like, you know what? Um, you know, some of the stuff you're doing is kind of bad, but, you know, at least you're not like the adulterer over here. At least you're not uh, Caesar. You know, it's all these things like wrong is wrong. And uh, Jesus loves people where they're at, but he loved them way too much to keep them there. We live in a country where we, we really enjoy handouts, <laughs> but there's work that needs to be done. There's research, there's conversations, and there's a drastic uncomfortableness that we need to be comfortable with. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better myself. There is a drastic uncomfortableness that we need to be comfortable with. That is just right on the money. Um, yeah, and it just it just takes courage, you guys. We just have to really like summon up the courage to to tell people the truth. And I have been just telling everybody, you need to read your Bible, you need to research things, you need to know the truth in order to tell people the truth. But as soon as you know it, like you have a responsibility to share it. Like you can't just I think it's just as wrong to know the truth and not tell people about it as it is to just not know the truth because you're lazy and you're apathetic. I think you you have a responsibility to figure out what the truth is, especially if you're a Christian or claim to be, and and then to tell people what it is because there are just so many lost people out here and and these are these are souls and these are people that really really need to to know that there's a better way. So I agree with you on all of that. This has been the, this has been just a wonderful conversation. I'm going to have to have you come back on. Um, but can you just let everybody know where they can find you online? Because I know that you have just a lot of great things to, to say, and I would love for people to be able to see all that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And thanks for having me on the podcast. It's a major blessing to be able to talk about these things on a regular basis, but people can follow me on twitter and instagram it's at johnny root j-o-n-n-y underscore uh that's where uh ig i'm, I'm pretty active twitter uh I'm, I'm back on i got out of twitter jail um <laughs> and i think those are probably the best ways uh to find me there i talk about my faith i obviously talk about the woke infiltration in sports um and obviously i want to promote everything i can that's involved with you know, protecting our freedoms, but thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to come back on anytime. 
I would love that. Well, you guys, you definitely should go follow John Root on social media. He is really, he really spreads a lot of good stuff and I love seeing it all. And I definitely encourage you all to keep up with him. Um, also follow Turning Point USA. Also follow Charlie Kirk and everybody affiliated with Turning Point USA. Um, you know, I just think it's important for us to kind of band together while thinking independently and while, you know, telling everybody the truth. You've got to be bold. You've got to be strong and you've got to be okay with making some enemies um, in order to stand with God. That is that is predominantly what the Bible is about. Um, and so you shouldn't expect to be treated any better than Jesus. That's something that somebody told me recently. And I, I that is so true. Why should we expect to be treated any better than him? Um, you've, but you've still got to tell people the truth. So thank you so much again. And I will see you guys next time. <laughs>